0: What you're all about to hear is the final 45 minutes of our trade deadline live show. There is not anything additional or new coming in this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the entire five-hour live show, simply navigate to the link in the description of this podcast episode. Or for additional, perhaps quicker thoughts on the NBA trade deadline, follow me, Dan Bespris, on social media At Dan Vespris on Twitter. We'll talk to you there. And this is me, yes, giving you permission to not, if you don't want to, listen to today's episode. If you do, enjoy.
1: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast.
0: Ryan Windhorst was the guy who kept insisting that uh, the Harden-Simmons stuff was happening when all of the other reporters were saying it wasn't. Uh, By the way, this one is real. Uh, Daniel Tice is going back to the Celtics. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Keith. We got you a great one to start.
1: Awesome, man. I'm glad to be here. Daniel Tice, huh? I know that name. I know that
0: name. Yeah, so Daniel Tice, who wasn't playing in Houston anyway, is uh, on his way back to the Celtics. This was not the Celtics trade we thought was coming, and um, this is a big. Who doesn't care?
1: Anybody care about this one? <laughs> not particularly, not for fantasy, at least. <laughs>
0: nope, nothing, no, not moving the needle. Um, all right. Here's the here's the trickling. Now let's see let's see what else we get. So Daniel Tice is the first trickle um he feels like uh oh dennis Schroeder is going the other way so there's the other half of that one um so that moves one of the point guards out of boston dennis Schroeder to the rockets this actually got a tiny bit more interesting um brew Ooh. brew is uh tipped head nod Ooh. is Schroeder gonna get to play is the question i have for you brew <laughs> uh because the rockets have gavin porter jr there uh, is he someone they, you think Schroeder someone they want to like give the keys to at all, or what's your thoughts on Dennis?
2: You know, I just retweeted our most excellent bird rights pod. Um, I, I, I gotta like understand the, the rules of the trade game a lot better. I, I don't like, can they reroute Schroeder? You know, like I'm seeing some stuff like, is he a buyout candidate? Um, this is a player that is going to be very affordable that had, previous designs on an $84 million contract that his agent totally screwed him over with. Um, But the point being is that he's still a pretty good player Um, in the right spot. He could help a team. And I know he was linked to the Lakers a little bit Um, in Houston. He would really get a lot of attention as a guy that deserves to have the ball in his hands because they are really just kind of playing with disaster, trying to develop uh, Jalen green as well as uh, Kevin Porter Jr. at the same time, that's just a bad recipe for bad development across your entire team. And we factor in, you know, we didn't mention Sinjin with the um, the Daniel Tice news because, it's, you know, Tice isn't playing and that doesn't take any minutes away from Sinjin. But that might've perked some people's interest up, you know, like, hey, there's one less roadblock there with Sinjin. And then at least in my pod, I've been talking about how the upside hasn't been there. The production hasn't been there. If they turn to him and say, all right, we're going to give you 30 minutes, then possibly, you know, what's what's in play? Top 100 there. Um, that whole developmental strategy is just bad for all the players involved. They're going to lose a lot of games because the uh, can't play defense, but you know, their offensive players are not efficient. Um, and the other flip side of that is maybe, who cares? You just throw them out there and just let them get minutes, let them take on bad development just because any development is good development. So, you know, they could all go big. I, I think if Schroeder stays, he would be a to me a logical player to say, hey, go out there and get your usage. You know, we want to clean things up here a little bit, in which case he has top seventy five potential. Uh Adam, follow up
3: Um Yeah, look, I've I'm not that high on Schroeder, but I'm also not very high on Kevin Porter. Uh so uh, Maybe, maybe they do just run Schroeder out there. Um, I think with with Schroeder out, though, I get I, I'm trying to figure out in my head what the Celtics rotation is going to look like. Is Derek White going to start? Are they going to move Al Horford to the bench and Jason Tatum up to the four, and and run two sort of traditional guards, or is White coming off the bench behind Smart? 'Cause I think we're we're done in terms of time. We as you said, we're gonna get these trickles coming in. Um and maybe there's a deal, but it looks like Smart is gonna stay. Let's...
0: And Jeremy Grant is staying with Jeremy the Pistons. Jeremy Yeah. Jeremy Grant is staying. Um... The Lakers are doing nothing. Uh <laughs> and uh it sounds like Schroeder is a, a potential buyout candidate as well. Yeah. So uh, some of these teams, uh, some of these teams that we're hearing are staying standing pat, might be keeping an eye on the buyout market. Keith, I didn't mean to, to freeze you out there at all. What are your thoughts on no. this last little wave here?
1: It's all good. Um, yeah, as far, I think I have the same questions that Adam had there about you know what the Celtics rotation is going to look like. Um, I do think Marcus Smart and Derek White can both start um, in that backcourt there, uh, or Derek White might start. Maybe Marcus Smart comes off the bench. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, as far as Schroeder goes, um, like I said, buyout candidate. Um, don't like him in Houston. Um, so no, there's not a whole lot here that, that I really like as far as fantasy goes. Um, but I would be curious to see what that Boston backcourt looks like. I think Adam was onto something there.
0: I remain floored that the Mavericks haven't done anything else other than apparently releasing Moses Brown. So they they traded a center. They dropped a center that wasn't playing for them. They really are going to go forward. With Kleba Powell as as the front court there, that's uh that's wild. Woj, by the way, confirming the Lakers are not making any moves. Which again, even if they had, it probably wasn't going to be very big. They didn't want to give away a first to switch Russell Westbrook for John Wall. Um, and with Jeremy Grant staying put in Detroit, I've got to think that that's not uh, particularly great for Marvin Bagley. It's definitely not good for Kelly Olynyk. Detroit's front court stays very log jammy with nobody else getting mm-hmm. sent away. They got Bagley, they traded away Trey Lyles. It seems like they brought in someone they'd maybe like to give even more minutes to than Lyles was getting. Um is anybody reading that differently than I am? I feel like with Detroit, we can I feel comfortable moving on from Kelly Olenek. I think there's just too many bodies there. Brew, I know you said this one could take a little time to shake out, but it does seem like that may be too many dudes in detroit
2: yeah no i i, I want to see you know how they go with it Yeah, you know, again you got to be willing to wait that it's probably like three four weeks now so i would say if you're if you're in a league that top 150 plays that's probably the the, the most shallow league that you want to mess around with something for that long um unless of course you just play with a lot of dynamite fantasy gms that are able to you know really take advantage of everything that's out there and and then you were you're you're like okay the upside to the um you know the percentage odds that it works out it actually works out in my favor you get deeper than that i think i like it they, they need connectors there you know especially when you you want to develop your rookie the right way uh dwayne casey's a coach that that's gonna trend more towards putting the right talent on the floor rather than developing younger players that you know don't have it going on so uh at the same time, all of the obvious things, you know, you don't go out and get Marvin Bagley and not, you know, take it for a spin, but I'll throw this out there. He hasn't been able to stay healthy in any respect forever. And that's whether we're talking hand injuries, which he's, he's kind of at the point with the hand injuries where if he gets a swipe down, there's like a really good chance he's going to hurt it. And, um, you know, as far as his wheels go, he's had a hard time with feet, uh, foot injuries and, and, the idea that he's just going to get out there and give you 30 minutes is, is like completely unlikely. It's probably the case that he needs a summer to get his body, right. Get in there next year, figure out what the scheme is. And they might make a move or two to, to, to see if they can optimize around that. Um, And, and really he's lost a lot of his lift. Like he's just not the guy that you saw when he came into the league. So I look at Kelly Olenek and I go, he can actually be productive in 25 minutes. And that's, we haven't had a chance to see if he can do that. Um, one last thing on Alenik—he actually hasn't been productive at all this year. Um, he wasn't hitting his free throws at all before, you know, in his first ten games before he got hurt. So, um, you know, we really haven't seen what what he's capable of at, at all. And um, I, w- I would think three, four weeks from now, if he is getting twenty-five minutes per game, he could actually bring you back one twenty-five. So again, if you're in a one twenty-five or one one hundred league, that's what plays in your league. That's not worth it. So uh, for the vast majority of leagues, I would say Kelly Linux probably on the waiver wire going forward.
0: Yeah, I think I'm sitting guys, on that too. Go ahead, Keith. I was going to say, are you guys as
1: surprised as I am that the Golden State Warriors weren't involved in any kind of trade with all the talent they have there? Um, I don't know. I, I just,
0: I, I don't know if anybody made the right sense for them. What did they need to, what did they need to add if they get Draymond back, well, I, know, I guess is the
1: question. I know that they were, I know they were like linked to to some centers like you know Miles Turner or what have you. Um, I, I don't know if they necessarily even need that. I think Kamal Looney does a lot for them, and like you said, Draymond Green's coming back. Um, we hope, but you know, I, I just felt yeah, we hope. I just felt like you know they've got Kaminga, they've got Moody. I mean, they've got so many pieces that are just sitting there doing nothing for them. I just felt they could consolidate, you know, and give Steph and Clay a better chance. I mean, they don't have many years left, so. Um, I, th- I think, I don't know, is this them picking a direction, or uh, do they just feel like you know, those guys are going to pan out and, and do something for them down the road?
0: I'm uh, I'm st- I'm still completely blown away by a few key things. Like, I thought, I thought the Clippers might do something else, and I guess they were early on they got rid of Sergi Ibaka, so that was something. I thought the Lakers would do something, anything at all, but I guess they're eyeballing the buyout market. I don't know how much pull the Lakers are going to have in the buyout market. You know, the, a lot of the veterans they want to go to a team that looks like they're on their path to a championship and they don't have that going for them this year so i i don't i don't know i don't know what they're selling really and then the mavericks is the other one that that boggles my mind um i thought for sure they'd be in play for a center to replace Porzingis, but they're gonna just rotate through go hot hand up there and run a crap ton of guards that's where we're at right now uh I doubt Goran Dragic joins them as a free agent now with all the guards, but anything is possible. And, um, you know, as far as... And this is the other thing with with Deadline Day, is a lot of things happen, and at the end of it, it's not clear that we needed to do all that much about it. It feels like at the end of all of this, Devin Vassell was the one true king today. All of these moves, and Daniel Gafford might still be, depending on what happens with Porzingis in his knee, but it really feels like Devin Vassell is like the one spot where you're like, okay, yeah, someone definitely got out of his way, and there's not a whole lot of murkiness there. Like, am I leaving something off the table? There was a lot of noise today, and that might be the one thing we're looking at. Brew, you seem genuinely pleased. i was
2: trying to remember when the last time we had one of those big wins. I was thinking it was Rashawn Holmes like five years ago. When, when when stuff got cleared for him and then he went nuts for the last third of the season but i can't recall you know a big huge hit in the last five years so maybe somebody let me know you know who, who was the last big hit that we On. had during the trade deadline
0: there aren't many kelly olenek playing a bunch more at the end of last year was a big one mm. yeah which is why we all kept waiting and hoping uh, womp womp on the Kelly know, Right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> could we do it again no well, we could why, why did we do all of this why did we <laughs> what was the point of this show thanks everybody for no we're not done yet Uh, we have the closing hour here 40 some odd minutes or so as we work towards the conclusion we'll work through some of the uh contractual stuff again Stephen Bagel coming on of the bird rights pod that'll be a lot of fun you can tell us what the hell happened today and why teams did some of the trades that they did Ah, uh, by the way, Keith, I didn't get to do a formal intro for you here on the show because you came in at deadline moment. Uh, Keith Cork, of course, is the host of our Ethos Bulls podcast, also a dynamite DFS fantasy player and prop better as well. So we've got some, we we'll got a new look here on the show here for this last little bit. Um, Bulls were very quiet, but I think kind of expectedly so. I don't, I didn't hear them link yeah. to too many things.
1: Yeah, there were some um, some rumors that seemed to have a little bit of traction, obviously Yaka Pirtle, um, but that didn't go very far. Their offer just wasn't good enough, which doesn't really surprise me. I think it was always pretty much a given that they were going to try to make some moves around the edges uh, if they made any moves. And I think they're probably going to be very active in the buyout market, which is where you know, most people thought that they were going to be active. So um, looking at guys like, you know, maybe a Paul Millsap or something, if they end up being bought out. Um, if Jalen Smith does get bought out, I would love to have him on the Bulls. I'm, I'm much higher than Jalen Smith than, than most people, I think, in the fantasy and regular NBA community are. So um, I think he's got a lot of talent. Uh, love what I saw of him out of summer league and, and what I've seen from him in, in his minutes with Phoenix. So i um, a little surprised that Indiana doesn't want to hang on to him just to see what he's got for the season. Um, but he's an expiring contract. I, I guess they don't really have any interest in him and they're just going to get the pick instead. So um, that makes sense to me. Uh, I think Ajax was always safe, though, as Ajax and, and Indiana. But uh, as far as the Bulls go, yeah, I think they want to add a big body. Um, but they're not going to give away any assets at this point. The only guy that they might have dangled out there, uh, Derek Jones Jr., which nobody really has any interest in, and making about $9 million this year. And they also have uh, Troy Brown Jr. and obviously Kobe White, if they wanted to move up from Kobe White. That's probably the most appealing piece, but uh, he just fills such a, a needed role for scoring off the bench for the Bulls. Um, it, it just wasn't going to happen, so I think the buyout market where it's going to be.
0: Uh, shout out to all of you guys that are hanging out with us here in the in the recap hour as we go through some of what we've learned today. If you're uh, joining us recently for the recap hour, please do hit the like button at the bottom of that screen. 763. That's pretty damn cool. That now has actually I mean, we're I think we may have doubled up uh, a previous high there. So please do hit that. Subscribe to the Sports Ethos YouTube page. Follow all of the names you see on your screen on Twitter at Dan Baspers, at Aaron Bruski, at AdamKing91, at BSBPKeith. Who you may need a retooling on that qu- that Twitter <laughs> handle. You're now Bulls Key. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll, have to, I'll have to figure something else out. <laughs> yeah,
0: we'll 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 push you through there. Uh, Adam, first of all, how's your leg doing over the last half hour? Uh, and also, I think everybody wants to know what moves we're doing. Have you? Because I'm actually, while you guys are talking, I'm scanning to see what some of the other teams are doing in my leagues and just trying to get a feel for it. And it's a lot of, like, I've seen Jalen Smith go on and off of rosters about four times in 20 minutes in, in one of my Roto Leagues. Uh, you're more of a head-to-head guy. So uh, what did you pull the trigger on anything today?
3: Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't. But part of the reason, as I said, because I... I did manage to get some sleep. Some of those bigger moves, um, I, I was beaten to the punch by guys that were awake over there. Um, <laughs>
0: this is finally and, this is the one day of the year where we have an advantage over you.
3: Yeah, yeah, uh, and a lot of my leagues because I'm in mean, obviously in um, a few leagues with with mates over here. Our li- our we we have deadlines for when you can pick up players, and they're generally. Around midnight, our time, um, and so a lot of these guys that we want to go and be picking up, like maybe a Hartenstein or, or a Devon Vassell, we actually can't do it until tonight in our league. Um, so there's going to be a huge flurry on our uh, and a lot of bids on players tonight. Um, people are going to be throwing big money out to try and get these players. So that's when a lot of the pickups will happen in my leagues. Um, and my leg is doing okay to answer your first question. It's, uh, yeah, I can't move it anyway. It's in a, the biggest knee brace you've ever seen. Mm. So,
0: When's the so, MRI next week?
3: Uh, Tuesday, I hope.
0: Oh boy. Prayer yeah. hands emoji, I think is all we can do uh, for uh, you over here. What about, uh, yeah. Brew, you, your leagues are a little different. Your leagues tend to be a bit more competitive, a little deeper. Uh, most of the guys I think that were changing hands today were probably rostered a bit, but... Uh, put yourself in the in the mind of a traditional twelve teamer. What are you looking at for today?
2: You know, I think it's it's the kind of the nexus of of the Gafford and um, Vassell, Isaiah Jackson. I don't can't imagine he got dropped over the last you know couple hours. But you know that was somebody we moved on early, just in anticipation of of what we were going to have happen here in this deadline. And um, you know. Uh, and i asked the question you know what was the last big one you know you guys remember i think somebody said it was go bear when cancer was moved hmm. so the trade deadline is it's it may do more to shuffle the deck within the top 100 than it does to do you know to bring you that big ad that um you know that's other Hartenstein is another one i think that that you know i, I i've I finally dropped him in one spot. And th- these are leagues that play top 150 and, and there were 200 players rostered. So they're deeper. Uh, I, I really think he might end up making a lot of noise and and, and, and the kind of abrupt noise because of the ankle injury, which was really bad. You know, it, it, it took him out right as he was peaking too. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be, might be a situation where he just kind of hits the scene and, and, and hits the ground running. Maybe that occurs after the all-star break because we're still, you know, we got a week to go here. And it's still this it gets to be real silly season in that week as well. You know, they try to buy as much rest time for players and, and make seven days turn into ten days. So we'll we'll have a lot of weird stuff going on in the next few games here.
0: Um well first of all, I want to get Steven in the mix here. He's uh two minutes early, but you <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Steven has brought his his Sixers cap to the mix. Uh I didn't think I knew that. are are you a Sixers fan?
4: I am. I'm a season ticket holder actually.
0: Oh, all right. Well so we've had two Sixers my, guys on the show today. That's my best
4: in Sixers tickets oh just sold five minutes
0: ago already. <laughs> so. For a for a cool mint, I'm reckoning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, uh Stephen Bagel, by the way, host of the Bird Rights Pod. Uh, you're another one, much like uh, Rhett Bauer, who we had earlier on the show talking Dynasty. You are able to process things that my brain simply either can't or doesn't want to. And that is contractual elements to a lot of this stuff today. But before we even get into that, uh, let's talk hard the Harden-Simmons deal. You've got to be over the moon right now.
4: Yeah. First, I was like, oh, I think we gave up a bit too much because I was anticipating Ben, Seth and a first. So then when I saw Drummond was in there, when I saw the second first was in there, I was like, okay, maybe it's too much. But then I thought back to the negotiations we had with Houston before Harden went to Brooklyn, and that was going to be Maxi Thibel, three picks, three swaps. We would have given up everything. So I think the fact that, you know, this was the happy medium between what we would have given Houston. We still keep Maxie. We still keep five all. So yeah, I'm pretty over the moon about it right now.
0: <laughs> I bet. Uh, I want everybody. And I know this is the time of the show where people start to go back to their real lives, but please all of you follow Steven and Keith. Those are the, you the last two to pop on here uh, on Twitter. You can see their names on the screen. BSBP Keith at bird rights pod. Check out the ethos bull bulls podcast and do check out the bird rights pod because And you did a few written pieces for Sports Ethos leading up to the deadline as well. Really, really cool stuff, Steven. I got a, like, mad mega props on that. Please, everybody that's watching, go check out Steven's articles and what he puts together. uh, Because he, you can see things that we don't see. We all have the things that we, like, hope happen but you can tell us whether or not they're feasible, which is something like we fantasy players. We don't give a crap what's feasible. We just want what we want and we want it to work out. And you and you can come in and be like, yeah, they're not going to do that because like financially it doesn't make any sense. And ultimately, this is a business. So today, and this is a pretty open ended question. So feel free to say, Dan, that's an idiotic open ended question. But whatever you can do with it, I'll appreciate. Of the things that you saw shake out today, what kind of stuck out at you? What were the trades that jumped out? beyond even the, the, Harden Sim, or the, uh, the Harden-Simmons deal, because that's really the big one of the day. But there was a lot of stuff that went on that seemed to have more financial implications.
4: Yeah, um, there were a lot of things, I guess, I, I suppose I understand it financially. But there was a lot of head-scratching decisions today. I mean, I'm going back a little bit to last week where we saw the Norm Powell and Covington deal where they didn't get a whole lot back. There were definitely ways for Paul to get out of the tax that would have been more feasible than having to give up both those guys for essentially Keon Johnson and second-round pick. Um, same thing with the Mavs. I mean, I get wanting to split up Christoph Porzingis into two smaller contracts because the smaller the contract, it, the easier it is to move. But I don't know how much Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertanz is really going to help them out. So, I mean, this is projected actually to be the largest luxury tax bill in NBA history. So you knew teams like the Blazers, you knew teams like the Celtics that were right on the threshold and don't really have championship aspirations this year. They were going to do everything they can to not only get out of the tax so they don't have to pay it, but right now there's an $11 million distribution to the 23 or 24 teams that aren't in the tax. So, like, when you saw the Celtics flip Bowl and P.J. Dozier to Orlando, that, that was a move that gave them $18 million because they were in the tax by 7 mil and then they got out of it Dang. and then they got the $11 million distribution.
0: So this, so, is, I mean, what you're doing is you're explaining why certain things happen in a, in a, in a way that makes a bit more sense to us. Because for, for fantasy folks, we're like, yeah, meh. But like $18 million is, that's a big deal for guys you're not playing anyway. Two
4: guys that are out for the season, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so... Uh, what do you see, and, and maybe I'm getting too far ahead of myself, but what do you see developing on the buyout market? Do you see, uh, you know, I, I've heard Schroeder, I saw that getting tweeted a lot that he might get bought out. I don't know that that's necessarily the case, but what, what do you think happens kind of going forward here now that we are through the deadline?
4: Um. Usually with the buyout market, you need to look at who's an expiring contract. Very rarely, I know um, the Spurs did it a couple of years ago with Damari Carroll. Well, they bought him out with three years after his deal. But more often than not, it's usually guys who are expiring contracts, which makes sense. So obviously, Blake Griffin is um, an exception to that. But I'm looking at guys like Gary Harris. I'm looking at guys like Robin Lopez. As you said, Dennis Schroeder. I think the, it was already announced that the Rockets are going to be um, buying out Ennis Freedom. So guys like that that are on expiring deals, and again, the guys I named are just to name a few of them, but I wouldn't expect a guy like Terrence Ross, I think, you know, he has one more year on his deal, and they know they could move him either in the offseason or next year. Any guy that you think might have some kind of trade value that has more than one year on the deal, I don't really anticipate. But you got to look at, you know, those bottom-dwelling teams like the Pistons, the Magic, the Thunder, and see who they have and who could feasibly, you know, who's a veteran that is not inspiring that they're going to give another opportunity to, to get in good graces with their agents.
0: I'm fascinated by the things that are in your head. I feel like the rest of us are probably as well. Sorry guys. I didn't mean to ignore the rest of you. Uh, talk talk amongst yourselves, I think was the old (laughs) Saturday night live bit. Um, Keith, can I ask you something about the bulls, not trade deadline related?
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: How do they piece this thing? What's the patchwork here that goes on between now and the end of the regular season? How what do we how it gets them to Lonzo Ball coming back? Because now Io's in concussion protocol. It seemed mm-hmm. like he was a pretty big winner and much better than most folks anticipated quickly. Although I think you had him pretty high. Uh, what, what's going on with Chicago over the next, say, four weeks?
1: Yeah, I can't believe that um, so many people pass on out, to that like, He's just incredible, man. He's he's really a lot better um, than I guess a lot of people give him credit for during the draft, and uh, especially on the defensive end. He just brings so much um, that other guards that are in this similar position just don't. I don't think he's a regular starter in the league. I, I'm not like delusional about it. He's a good role player. Uh, he's going to be a great bench player for us once we're up for a full health. But, yeah, without him in the lineup, uh, it's going to be a struggle at point guard. We have really bad ball security. Uh, In general, just Zach Levine, not very good ball security. Um, We've got Kobe White, who is just absolutely atrocious when it comes to ball security. So it's something that I'm really uh, a little worried about, to be be honest with you. But um, you will see Kobe White play a lot. You'll see Zach Levine handle the ball more. You'll see DeMar DeRozan bringing the ball up the floor more. Uh, And, you know, the the offense generally runs through DeMar DeRozan. So it's not like it's the end of the absolute world that we don't have these point cards. Um, But it is going to be tough, man. Uh, Luckily, the Bulls are in a pretty... Uh, soft part of the stretch as far as their games go right now. So I'm hoping that they can you know close out with three, four wins here before the all-star break and uh, hopefully maintain the top of the standings, maybe not first, but you know, first, second, third, I'd be happy with going into the all-star break, but um, Lonzo ball. Uh, he is ahead of schedule as far as I've heard, as, as far as getting back from his injury. So hopefully in about, I would say a month to a month and a half, we will, getting a good update and, and hopefully he'll be able to play games around that time. Um, no guarantees, obviously there, but uh, if we can get to that stretch of games, then that's absolutely great. And obviously uh, Alex Caruso, not far behind him uh, in coming back to the floor, which is going to be awesome as well. He'd, be, he'd probably be starting at point guard if, uh, if he was healthy, I would think um, although he's played power forward for us before. So I don't know, maybe he plays power forward and we should sort of shift someone else to guard. I don't know, but uh, uh, having both those guys back is going to be absolutely huge. And then obviously, the biggest update we've had is Patrick Williams uh, ahead of schedule also. And just there's been pictures of him circulating with his cast off. Um, he's been shooting the basketball. He's been hanging out at the facilities. So um, you get to you start to get those kind of things before you get the, you know, three on three, two, two V two, whatever uh, updates that they're starting to really ramp up and get to that five V five scrimmage and then eventually into the game action. So um, if Patrick Williams can get back, I think that solves so many of the bulls problems. Um, but yeah, you're right through this next, I would say, month and a half is going to be a really rough stretch for us as far as injuries going, not having bodies available.
0: Yeah. I got, man, that's, I'm just looking at the screen. I'm looking at all the things going on right now. And I'm feeling like, I know we talked about all of it as it was happening, but I, I also feel like I have so much mental catching up to do to like figure out where all the pieces just landed. And there are going to be some things around the edges here that we're going to want to do on our fantasy teams. And I thought, kind of knowing what was going on out there might be useful as well. Adam, um, and so I, we'll get Brew back here in, in a minute to to get into wrap-up mode. Adam, first of all, I'm sure you're going to need a nap today at some point. Uh, but before taking your nap, what's your process now? Let's transition from, okay, we we've, we've seen the mayhem. What do you do over the next 30 to 45 minutes after we sign off air to kind of get your team's where you want them to be because i think we we're all probably just waiting to like do a couple things with our fantasy teams right now what are your what's your schedule for the rest of the day as you assess your clubs
3: uh yeah look i mean i've been as i'm sure most people who have been on here i've been flicking through my teams and having a look at my rosters and and i guess it's um there will have been a lot of moves um made by other teams in your leagues this morning um, that were probably a little hasty, just based on, oh wow, this guy's going to get all these minutes now, pick him up. So I'll probably go and have a look at who was dropped in Mm, my leagues. um, Good call. Because there could be players that fit my my builds. As you said, I am a head-to-head, more of a head-to-head guy than a roto guy. So I'll be going and checking who was dropped. um, And and I guess just analysing players on my team and comparing them to who's available. Um, because, I mean, a lot of my teams, I'm sitting pretty comfortably. And so while there might be a... I could take a reflier on this guy, do I do that or do I just keep rolling with the squad that I've got and that I'm winning with? Uh, and as is always the way with trade deadline, I've probably got more questions than answers based on what has happened and what hasn't happened um Rashawn Holmes I mean we're gonna get tons of questions about Mm. Rashawn Holmes is he a drop is he not a drop um how does what uh, do you do
0: what do you do with Rashawn Holmes right now sorry to jump in you brought up I thought Uh, a really interesting name I think I'd probably hold for about two to three games and see what happens on my end
3: yeah I think the upside is too high to just go and drop him as I said make a hasty move and just drop him I would Wait and see. I mean, yesterday wasn't encouraging. Um, he only played twelve minutes, I think, but he, he was in early foul trouble, so that would have had a bit of an impact. Uh, it doesn't look good, but I, I would wait a couple of games, and then Tyrese Maxey is another guy that I'm. I, I want to see what his role looks like now, um, because he. I mean, he's been the unquestioned um, starting point guard. They have James Harden now, so. What does what Maxi's role look like? Where does he fit in the fantasy landscape? Um, so he's another one that, that I'm interested to see um, how things play out. So, yeah, it's really just taking a step back um, and, and having a look at, at what has gone down and just judging judging my pickups based on my squads and, and who who else might be available in my league. Yeah, I feel
0: um, like I want to use up yeah. my moves now. I saved roster moves for today, and I feel like I want to... I want to blow them on something, you know? You want to go to the store and just get a fancy hat or something like that. Uh...
3: Yeah. <laughs> and, and and that's true, but, I mean, it, it is only the middle of the week as well. It's not We're not at Saturday or Sunday, so we still do have three – oh, it's Friday here, but it's Thursday there. <laughs> so we still do have a few days left in the week. So let everyone make their moves today and then – Reassess tomorrow when everyone has used all their moves, and you've got two or three left. Um, and there might be some guys available that that were that were overlooked or dropped.
0: Steven, how did uh, how did your calls go for today? You had three pieces leading up to the trade deadline. How did things shake out?
4: You know, I kind of redeem myself at the buzzer. There, um, we actually had exactly Daniel Tice going back to the Celtics. Oh, so we hit that. We didn't get the trade perfect, but we did have Daniel Tice go back to the Celtics. There were some things that guys that weren't even really mentioned in trade rumors that we hit getting traded. Like we had going to the Kings for Rashad Holmes and Harrison Barnes. Mm. So while obviously that didn't happen, Christos Porzingis did get moved. And I get it. The contract's not great, though. So I could see why there might have been speculation, even though there weren't many rumors about it. We had, you know, Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heel going to the Sixers with picks for Ben Simmons. And that trade was done in the very beginning of January. We started this thing back on January third, and had Keith. Those Keith was one of the participants in it. We have like a month long negotiation. So obviously, this is way before any of the James Harden stuff transpired. But you know, you it it's more of an art than a science. You're not going to be able to. It, it's it's impossible. There's 29 scenarios where a guy could go. So you you're not going to yeah. get them all perfect. But I was able to, you know. The exercise was more to, okay, this is what could happen. This is what I expect to happen more than, you know, getting the exact trade right. So overall I do think it was a successful experiment and yeah, it it was fun conducting it with other people because I usually just do it myself every year and just, you know, figure out what makes sense to me. So (laughs) it was cool to get interesting value from other people on how they value players and what they thought this guy could go for, so it was definitely um, a fun exercise. So,
0: what do you think of the Porzingis deal that actually went down? Reading the tea leaves, there is this like, does Washington want to build around him, or like, what? That's a pretty weird destination, isn't it? It's very weird because of the fact that
4: Bradley Beal is going to opt out of his player option be a free agent, right? Like, I don't know if Kristaps if Bradley Beal's going to look this team now say, oh, Kristaps Porzingis is a running mate I need to, you know, want to stay here long-term. I don't think he is. I see Keith shaking his head there. I think he agrees with me. (laughs) I don't Um, think so
1: either.
4: (laughs) But I I think the bottom line is I read that Beal and Dinwiddie, you know, they haven't gotten a long drape. They both want the ball in their hands. And Washington already had Bios remorse on that contract. So I, I think between getting off of Dinwiddie and getting off of Bertans, who is one of the worst contracts in the NBA, he's been DNPCDs almost every game for the past month. And he's getting paid $18 million a year. So I think to get off those contracts and get a guy you could sell, be along, Hey, we have a second all-star to you guys. I don't think Kristaps is that anymore, even remotely, but that's, I guess the theory behind it for the Mavs, they save significant money in 23 and 24, which I know is down the line, but with Jalen Brunson contract extension eligible and Dorian Finney Smith, um, they want to resign. They're going to be in the luxury tax. So they're looking a few years ahead as I said, it's easier to move the smaller contracts like Bertons and Dinwiddie than it is to move with Pulzingis. So Washington, I just think it was a desperation move that Dinwiddie and Buell don't get along. They need to get Dinwiddie off the roster, and that and the combination of Burton's bad contract will take your bad contract for our bad contract, and that's really what it was.
0: Adam, I know you got to start getting your day going here. Um, final thoughts on trade deadline morning before you cart yourself across the house?
3: yeah look it was it was fun it always is fun um i was like you i was a little bit surprised that the deals ended when they did it felt like there were more to be made and then we just sort of ran out of time so um uh, yeah there are it's going to be interesting to see what some of these rotations look like um for teams like the pistons and the rockets uh the celtics as i said i'm interested to see what what they look like um so it's going to be, yeah, a weird couple of days, but it was fun. Um, and unfortunately, I I was asleep when the big trade went down, when the hard... <laughs> it was uh, a big that one. That was actually when I actually managed to get a couple of hours sleep. So, yeah, I'm going to go get the kids ready for school and then probably have a nap.
0: Adam, I've said it to everyone. I'll say it to you affectionately. Get out of here.
3: <laughs> Thank you. I will. <laughs> Your watch has ended. Yeah,
0: that's right. (laughs) Your watch has ended. Mine is close, as is the end of the show. I know this is, again, we're sort of in wind-down time. Brew got himself a little stretch there. Uh, Brew, what are some of your wrap-up thoughts on today? What do you do next with your fantasy teams from a strategic standpoint? Keith, I'm going to ask you the same thing, or honestly, you could just jump in after Brew. I think it's just about adjusting expectations. Uh, What
2: what we've circled around and, and, and maybe even... You know, for future years, it's, it's not so much about the big pickup or, or, or what's going to happen outside of the top 100, but what's happening inside of the top 100, maybe you can get ahead of some of that stuff and, and, and try to squeeze some value out of the trade deadline on the non-obvious stuff. Um, you know, we've got big, big, big pieces that have shifted across the NBA. Um, what does that do to all of those players? I, I kind of feel like you could go team by team and, and while we're, we're not talking big pickups and, and, and things like that, there's probably about 20 to 30 really important value shifts. So I think you got to go look at your team right now, figure out if, if you're in a head-to-head format, you know, did, did things change? You know, do I need to now de-emphasize or emphasize other categories? If you're in a roto format, you're looking like, okay, and this is a good time of year to do this anyway. What can I realistically gain and what am I, am I possibly losing? the rest of the way out and just start optimizing for, for the obvious, you know, places that you want to go with that. And this is just another wrinkle in, in all of that. So it's a great time, especially over the all-star break to reassess and really get geared up for the the stretch run. But you know, the other takeaway is this is as wide open as we've seen the NBA in a really long time. I mean, I, f- I think Phoenix and possibly Golden State are you know the two teams that stand out to me as not having really um major issues while also having the talent to compete for a championship phoenix as i said earlier in the show is one of the better contenders that i feel like we've seen in the last 5 10 years just given their depth and their balance and you know the 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 high end talent that they have hiding in like the third fourth fifth slots um and then after that when you just go look you know there's two and a half games separating the top five teams in the east um you know, after that, you've got Toronto, Boston, Brooklyn, and um, you know Charlotte and Atlanta. All you know, all the way down to the ten slot. That's that's a lot of you know interesting, punchy, you know talent that we're gonna watch go up against each other. And God, can we please get a Philly Brooklyn series? Mm. <laughs> the joke is that um, that Ben Simmons or the Kyrie's not gonna play the. Um, Home you games.
4: know, yeah, and yeah. Ben is going to play the road games.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you can't make this stuff up. I would give quite a bit of money to see that one, and that's the that's just the East. In the West, you know, you're really looking at like could a Denver get their guys back? There was a report hidden in all of this today that Michael Malone said that he wasn't quite sure if um, Michael Porter Jr. would play again this season, but that it's a possibility based on his workouts alone it to me seems really unlikely and it might have been a little bit of posturing prior to the deadline to talk about that piece who knows um, but they get you know Jamal Murray and, and, and Michael Porter Jr. back and, and you're facing those guys at the bottom half of the bracket that's crazy you got the Lakers at nine New Orleans playing you know for a playoff spot which is just funny to say Sacramento playing for a playoff spot big time improvement in the now for Sacramento they, they, they're gonna get a lot of kudos for the trade deadline here um the the kudos on the Sabonis and I'll just um I think it was uh Rad earlier who said that this wasn't a choice between Tyrese and D'R and De'Aaron Fox to me it absolutely was um but the pieces that they brought in around Sabonis you know Dante DiVincenzo uh, uh, J- Justin Holiday uh Jeremy Lamb these are guys that can fill out slots in their rotation that were previously not really you know worth a lot um So they're going to theoretically push into the bottom part of the playoffs. The Lakers are at nine right now and reeling with no sign of improvement. You know, I mean, maybe LeBron and AD turn it on. Maybe they just let Russ be Russ a little bit for 20 minutes, 25 minutes a game. Or how are they going to make that work? I don't know. But it's a great storyline. And in the West, you're going to see a lot of like, can the Grizzlies punch up? You know, can they get into that? Top tier, what will happen with the Jazz? Did they do enough at the deadline to deal with some of their lack of athleticism? Adding uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I thought that was a smart move for them. Um, losing Joe Ingles might not have been all that bad because they struggle with athleticism as they go deeper into the playoffs. Um, Dallas, wow. Like, you know, what are, what are you really <laughs> doing there? Um, so it's just a ton of interesting things going on and one of the m- more memorable trade deadlines that we've seen in a while
1: teeth yeah there, there was a lot of interesting moves today um some head scratchers i really don't don't know what dallas is doing i don't really understand what portland's doing either but i think that they you know their moves um do create some value there and like like uh, you know ruski said there's some value shifts that we have to pay attention to and i'm thinking you know on top of who do i go out and grab which is you know i'm one of those guys so i i purposely have maybe two maybe three like guys that are, i just consider dead weight on my roster maybe you know I go about 120, 130 deep uh, as far as value goes in these leagues. And if they're in that ballpark, I consider them just dead weight. And I just take two or three. I load up my gun with some bullets, man, and I'm hoping I'm going to hit a, a bullseye. So I did grab some guys in some leagues. And, and Hartenstein, I know you guys mentioned, uh, I grabbed him in a few leagues. I also grabbed um, – I did grab uh Jalen Smith. I think that you were talking about me there, uh, Dan, when you were talking about a league that you saw some people being grabbed. So uh, one guy, I don't think we talked about a lot that I did grab also, even before the deadline uh, is Zach Collins over in, in, in uh, San Antonio. Drew Eubanks was traded away. So I just think that all those backup big minutes do go to Zach Collins. And he's just a permanent monster. So I think he's someone that you have to just add to your watch list right now. Uh, I've got him as one of my, just, just a flyer, you know, I just snagged him. Uh, a couple games ago when he came back just to see what he could do uh and now that eubanks is out of there uh, maybe some minutes get opened up for him uh and hopefully he can hit that 22 24 minute mark and, and produce some value for me so we'll see how that goes um but on the flip side of that the other thing you have to consider is um and i think Ruski hit on this pretty much you know as eloquently as, as he could and, and probably better than i will but uh, i'm looking at guys on my team also that you know i need to just consider Watching in and, and, and hoping that they, you know, hoping for the best case scenario, but ready to drop them if I don't like what I'm seeing. So I'm talking about like I've got Chris Boucher. Uh, I was stashing Onyeka and Kongwu in some leagues, so uh, Capella didn't get moved. I was hoping he might get moved uh, to open up some space for for a Kongwu there. Um, you know, some other guys that I've got also that just I need to make sure I'm on top of uh, what's going on there. Seth Curry, uh, just got traded, obviously got to see what he's like, looking like over in Brooklyn. Um, just guys that are, you know, they were producing solid seventh, seventh, eighth round value for much of the season, but now they're in just much different scenarios and, um, can't, you can't bank on past value. You have to think about what's happening in the now and, and potentially in the future when in the future parts really difficult to, to suss out. But, um, you know, you have to think about that side of things as well as who who the hot grabs are. Um, but yeah, this is a, this was an exciting trade deadline. I mean, um, a lot of basketball implications uh, as far as fantasy goes. I don't think there was a, a particular home run. Like you said, Evan Vassell probably the the one guy I would point to as just a, a solid go get him right now type thing. Um, Gafford, I, I'm I'm less high on Gafford than most people, but yeah, I think he's probably the second biggest one.
0: Hmm. Uh, I'd like to uh, out. Yeah, yeah. Great. Great
2: call Keith on uh, drew Eubanks leaving and, and opening things up for Zach Collins because he's had an interesting stat set for years, and you look at him and he's been injured for so long and then he had a decent little game the other day and and can that open up you know for him and, and maybe just if, if especially maybe from a dynasty context, can that get him you know get things moving in the right direction there and then to to throw in a little bit more of a challenge for Chris Boucher, who's been having kind of a late round run here. Um, you know, with less per minute pop than we're accustomed to. Eubanks, to me, has always been a guy that I've I've thought, you know, he's got a purpose in the NBA. It's not a big purpose, but, you know, like a 10, 12, 14, 16-minute purpose. That might be another obstacle if he sticks around there in Toronto, um, you know, for Chris Boucher, who unfortunately, unless he continues on his upward trajectory, you know, and and continues to impress and then can start to lean into some of that permanent goodness that we've seen in the past, this is going to be yet another challenge for him this season.
1: I'm literally uh, yeah, adding Zach Collins
4: in my league as we speak. So <laughs> I just had it. It's worth the a-
1: if you got dead weight, man, go, go. Yeah, take I that just added him. Weapons. That's why I was. Yep. <laughs>
0: That's good timing because I have to go uh, moderate our the, this live feeds chat room again. Now it's uh, now it's <laughs> now it's a uh, a sexy. interesting yeah oh yes sexy fantasy basketball that's what i'm here for that's exactly right come for the analysis stay for the bat um so yeah i mean i guess you know we're kind of in wrap-up mode here on the show now we're four hours and 46 minutes into this thing we're all still standing like nobody's completely dried up nobody's desiccated here on air um (laughs) and yeah i mean just to throw in my own deal my, my move here is to kind of go through the NBA piece by piece at the end of this trade deadline. Because it all happens in such a whirlwind, and we're trying to talk about it. But, you know, I don't know for you guys, like I try to put out a a tweet every once in a while when you guys are talking, but I can't fully process it. I can't check all my teams, and I can't look at... Sometimes the little stuff, like you each were mentioning, that's also happening with these pieces. We look at who's left behind. We look at who's on the move. It's a very linear, like, two-chunk thing. Now is the time to go back and look at every team's depth chart again. Talking about Zach Collins is such a perfect example of what's, like, two steps down the board for a team that, I don't know, like Jakob Pirtle didn't get moved. So his path isn't that great right in this moment, but these are things that set up a pathway to the future to understand how a team feels about a particular player. All of this data goes into that. Here's a dated dated reference. All of these little files go into that Rolodex of, okay, well, what happens? Let's say Purtle gets moved, I don't know, in the offseason. Steven, can that happen before I suggest it contractually? Could Jakob Purtle be traded whenever they want him to? Yeah. Okay, perfect. So I didn't say anything dumb yet. Yet, give me time. Uh, there's still time. <laughs> so the thought really becomes, and this is this is a, a a learning process for for everybody that's viewing. I hope as we kind of teach along the way, if something happens, there's sure you could say, oh well, look at the box score, blah blah blah, happened. But hey, remember that at the trade deadline they moved Drew Eubanks. They didn't move Zach Collins. They're clearing a way for this to be someone that maybe they explore down the line. This could all not happen. Again, this is more of a hypothetical future thing. But understanding what happens two, three players down the line, the trickle-down effect. And I know it's going to take time. I know it's going to take, I don't know, it could probably be done in an hour if you really like were grinding it out. But go through each team in the NBA now and look at what their makeup is. And the nice part is some of these teams did nothing. Knicks, knock them off the board. Lakers, knock them off the board. Like plenty of teams did absolutely nothing, at this deal, uh, someone tweeted or someone messaged that the that Eubanks has been waived. I'm not worried about what he's doing in Toronto. I'm worried more about what it meant for San Antonio getting him out of the way. By the way, this happened while we were talking about him. Kind of weird that we're talking about Drew Eubanks while he's getting waived. Sorry, Drew. You just ended up in the crosshairs of a discussion that wasn't really about you. Um, the the point is, go through each team, anybody that made moves today, anybody that might be looking at buyouts, and look at what the team is going to gonna be when all of that is done. So that's my move here after the trade deadline. I didn't... Uh, I made one move, actually, and it was in a head-to-head league. I was able to get Devin Vassell mid-show. Uh, in some roto leagues, I did other stuff because there's no moves cap there, so I didn't have to think too much about it. But like a... Hey, Brew, I got one last question for you here before we go into full wrap-up mode. Uh, we talked early in the show about the logjam on the King's wing with Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, and now Dante DiVincenzo. Is there a chance any one of those three guys pushes the other ones off to the side? And why is it Dante DiVincenzo? No. <laughs> and, I mean, he's a guy they wanted before, right?
2: Yeah, but I I really do think like that injury was a substantial injury. It's going to take him about a month, I would think, to get back up to the previous. And he played through it for so long. You know, you could see it in his game. If you recall, he's really tailed off at the end there before before finally succumbing. And so I don't think any of the three that just recently arrived are going to have standard league fantasy value i think it's going to be sporadic especially with sabonis at the helm because he sprays it around it's a cutting offense it's just kind of like a a a random who's going to get the ball um and you've got quite a bit of not i don't want to like oversell this but you've got quite a bit of players that need the ball you know you're you're going to need uh davion mitchell to get the ball he's going to play a big role for that team um, De'Aaron fox a high usage guy that's really now the pressure is on him after they made the choice between the two players, the pressure's on him to, you know, make that work. And and the the one that I was going to almost raise my hand and and just I know that I know what the right advice is here is you're going to wait with Rashawn Holmes and see what happens. But, you know, his brother's like tweeting right now, you know, King's Riders and, and asking, like, how are these guys going to how are they going to coexist? You know, we saw it. With Miles Turner, and and I'll say this: we, we remember when Rashawn was shooting threes; he wasn't that bad at it. But it's not a part of his game. It's not something they're going to want him to do. Is he going to get that explosiveness back that you could even begin to like entertain the idea of him playing, you know, um, next to Sabonis like that defensively? Is the big key there, and it's not so much even on him; it's that he has to be so much better because Sabonis. Unfortunately, as you saw last night with the Wolves, they immediately went right to Sabonis, right to Fox for about 12 straight offensive plays to open the game, knowing that that was what they would want to do, not just to score on offense, but also to put them on the defensive so they don't just get a free ride on that side of the floor. So you can see a lot of that there. What will happen to Rashawn Holmes is probably, if I had to guess, you know, I don't think they're going to take Sabonis down like to 30. You know, I think they'll probably keep him at 31, 32 minutes. So you're probably looking at 16 minutes for Rashawn Holmes, which isn't unfortunately enough to get it done in fantasy leagues, especially with that block rate going down. To me, this feels like they didn't like what they had there in a deal. And they said, you know what? We're just going to pull this off the table. We'll deal with it in the summertime. See if the chessboard looks better there. And and it's the kind of decision when you make it that, Agents, players, teams—you know, whatever—they sold the Rashawn to get him to sign there. This is probably why you've been seeing the the down, you know, um, body language and the you know whatever's going on there. You 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 now have told this guy, you know, we went another direction, and we're basically going to put your career on pause, and and you're going to just be a low minute guy in your prime, and. know kind of whatever's going to happen and this affects his next deal it affects his standing within the league and it's gonna be a low-key thing that you know last thing here on the kings before um you know we we end this thing is is they chose fox and in a sense chose to remake the locker room and 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 some bonus will be a big piece of that locker room and and they'll shift everything into that direction with those two players but that wasn't where the leadership in the locker room was leadership in the locker room was really trending toward Halliburton. And and in a way, Rashawn Holmes, maybe not so much from the leadership perspective, but knowing who you want on the floor to win new games, he was definitely in that crew. So that's the kind of stuff that, you know, speaking to your points about like, who do, who do teams believe in and and what is their trajectory coming out of the deadline? That's the kind of stuff you're looking at, but you know, Rashawn Holmes is a previous late early round producer earlier in the year. You know, again, getting written up as an all-star candidate and, and now, you know, down to 16 minutes. That has kind of been the story of his career is just kind of constant disappointment from the management side. And that's really unfortunate. He's done a lot for the city of Sacramento in terms of playing through injuries and, and really trying to keep that team going the right direction. And uh, most certainly for us in fantasy leagues, we've, we've definitely benefited from his play. So uh, he would be the guy that, you know, big name player. It's like, do you have to drop him? And I think you got to hold him a couple of games and see how things go.
0: Uh, Brew, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the heave ho here. Awesome, awesome day. Amazing everybody knows Aaron Brewski. He is at Aaron Brewski, he is the founder and CEO of sportsethos.com. Follow him on Twitter if you don't already. Brew, <laughs> This is where I start to punt you off one by one. Uh-oh. Who is next in my sights, Corky? steven came after you so i'm punting you first keith much obliged my man the host of the ethos bulls podcast which by the way taking off well done sir bulls expert fantasy expert follow keith for his bulls knowledge his dfs knowledge his player prop knowledge as well uh my man thanks so much for joining us here on deadline day
1: thanks for having me it was fun
0: keith is gone steven Final thoughts. Final thoughts from my, my, my man who knows contracts. What? So, I don't, honestly, I know so little about it that I don't even know the right question to ask. What is your next thing? What do you start studying next now that today is sort of technically done? And then, I'll, then started, I'll kick you out of here. <laughs> I actually
4: still looking towards the offseason already. The same really? way I did my mock trade deadline for sports ethos, I actually also usually do a mock-off season where, awesome. you know, I I, th- I already have the vision of how we'll do it, but it's definitely something I want to pursue as well um, over the summer. But, yeah, um, the off season is really well, – obviously, I enjoy the playoffs as a Sixers fan. Hopefully, you know, we make it past the second round of the playoffs this year. So, but yeah, that's what I'm looking at. As um, as you were just talking, I saw DJ Augustine got waived. So that was another go. buyout guy we were talking about. But um, but yeah, the buyout markets, what's going to happen in the offseason, stuff like that. That's really what's next for me.
0: Where do you think DJ's going? That's the last thing I'll ask you.
4: <laughs> Let's go with Boston.
0: Boston has five open roster
4: spots and they need a point code.
0: Oh my God. How the hell do you know these things?
4: Uh, and I'm doubling down on the mock trade line because that's where I had him going then too.
0: He is Stephen Bagel, the host of the Bird Rights podcast here at Sports Ethos. He is a man who has different knowledge in his head than everybody else here at this website, and you guys should go absorb some of it. Stephen, thank you, sir. Awesome work today. Awesome work leading up to the deadline. I will talk to you very soon. Thank you. And then there was one. Oh, no, the background went away. You guys don't want me up close. How can I switch this? Can I switch this? I don't think I can switch this. Oh, no, you're stuck with me. Hey, thanks, everybody. This has been amazing. Uh, thank you to all of our incredible guests and hosts that we had on today's show, the experts. I mean, me up close. Now you're seeing how unkempt my beard is. Uh, David Williams, Steve Vidovich, who started us off here in the 8 a.m. hour, earliest we've ever gone on air with this show. And I think it paid off in spades. We were able to break some news before anybody else on the planet here on this live show. That was truly Awesome. Corbin Ford, the 9 a.m. hour. Josh Millman in the 9 a.m. hour. Two of my favorites in the business, in the in the sports world, in the NBA world. Uh, David Menkoff, the 10 o'clock hour. I'm trying to remember the order of everybody. Uh, Sam Orlick, the 11 a.m. hour. Adam King was also with us in the chat room at the beginning when it was like 2, 3 in the morning where he was at, uh, and at the end when it was like 6 in the morning in Australia. That's absolutely nuts. Uh, Keith and Steven. Rhett. How did I forget about Rett? The 1030 fan, a span, our dynasty guy. Uh, incredible work, everybody. And then, of course, the great Aaron Bruski, uh, our founder, our president here at Sports Ethos. Amazing, amazing work. This is the first time in the history of this live deadline show that I've actually gotten up and walked away for more than uh, just filling up a glass of water. But today, I was smart enough to bring two water and soda. Need my sugar fix. Folks, I hope you guys enjoyed our uh, trade deadline live coverage today. Uh, It will be continued on Twitter, at ethosfantasybk is the Twitter feed uh, for Sports Ethos. Uh, Please do follow them. I know some of you guys might be watching this show after the fact, so perhaps you got to this point for the recap hour. Ethosfantasybk. I'm again at Dan Bespris on Twitter. I'll be doing a wrap-up. Like I just mentioned a moment ago, I'm going to go through every team in the NBA and I'm going to try to find the most interesting things that shook out from this trade deadline, and I'll put all of that on social media so you guys know my thoughts on pretty much everybody going forward. That'll be uh, later on tonight, though. This, uh, this old man needs to probably just go lie on the ground and uh, maybe have someone pour lunch uh, straight onto my face as I lie on my back on the floor. Uh, once again, thank you. Thank you. Hit that like button. Subscribe to our YouTube page. Much appreciated. You guys are amazing. Thanks for watching. Thanks for all the chats. Again, thank you to all the hosts and guests. Have a great Thursday. Uh, My show, Fantasy NBA Today, is actually just going to be a chunk of this show. So, meh, you don't even really need to listen to it. But hopefully you guys will subscribe to that. And I will talk to you on that show tomorrow, social media later on today. So long, everybody.